good people and welcome to the Careers in the Cloud uh, podcast season one episode dose. As you can see, my Spanish is getting a little bit better if you haven't seen I'm from Manchester. So uh, I go by the name of Hemi. Uh, pleasure to meet you all. Uh, I am joined by my amazing host, the uh, ever so gracious Kate Harding. Uh, we've got global Salesforce tech headhunter Maurizio Joffre. He finds the ones that cannot be found. Uh, and last but no means least, we've got the uh, amazing Alice Salesforce Delivery Global Recruitment Lead for Salesforce here at MA. And we are joined by, I know the word legend thrown about, guys. It's quite a loose term, but I think it's fair to say that this guy's quite a Salesforce legend. He's had an extensive career so far. I mean, let me just give you a few of his accolades, just a few. Uh, we've got Dreamforce Speaker, Salesforce MVP, MVP Hall of Famer. This guy was making Salesforce user groups before they were even a thing. Let's just say that he's had an amazing career we're pleasure. It's amazing for him to join us today. Uh, welcome to Careers in the Cloud. Anoop Javid, everybody. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, me. Um, it, it's all downhill from now, from here. So, yeah. So, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for that. We'll that take care of you, so. Anoop. We'll take care of you. <laughs> it won't be too, too harsh on you. Um, but, yeah, no, welcome, Anoop. I'm really great to have you um, today. So uh, just to, to set the scene, really, on what this podcast is all about, um, Careers in the Cloud, we want to look at um, and talk to people that have had successful careers in the cloud. And obviously, as Hemi said, you've had quite a career, and I can see that you've had over 16 years' experience Um so the the idea really is today is to to ask you all the questions that anyone else within the Salesforce ecosystem that is already uh, currently pursuing a career or wants to pursue a career, um, asking those questions that everyone else would would want to to ask you. So I think first things first, um, it would be great to um, have a little introduction um, to yourself, Anoop. Sure. So hello, hello everybody. Um, I'm Anoop Jadhav. Uh, I'm a senior program architect at Salesforce, uh, uh, specializing in insurance. Uh, I started my career back in the day, uh, 16, 17 years ago, as a Java developer. Uh, and uh, my, uh, my path to Salesforce was I, I actually stumbled into this technology. So I was working for a, uh, a Building company in Reading. I was a, a Java developer there, and they had this uh, CRM called Salesforce, which nobody had heard of. And one day, my boss says, oh, "Salesforce are launching something called Force.com. Um, are you interested in learning uh, more about this technology? Uh, they have this course called 401, where you can learn uh, something called Apex and Digital Force." So I was like, hmm, "I'm intrigued. So I'll go and check it out." We, we knew back then that we'd be doing a lot more on the, or wanted to do a lot more on the CRM platform. So I think I, I was part of the first ever Dev one uh, course where uh, I was taught Apex, or at least in the five days, they, uh, they gave us a flavor of what you can achieve with Apex and Visual Force. So I realized the potential of the platform uh, then, and I decided to teach myself more. So I um, read a lot of documentation. We didn't have, this is way, way before Trailhead. So I had to read uh, the documentation, which was fun, but it was also uh, fascinating because I was learning a technology and this is, this is a recurring theme where I try and learn something where it's when it's not popular. So um, 
So I picked up uh, Apex, Salesforce, the core platform uh, features, you know. The, so that's, that's basically how I stumbled into Salesforce and started my career. Uh, so I wanted to actually go a little bit deeper into uh, how you got into Salesforce. You mentioned you stumbled upon it, uh, mm -hmm. but it's curious to know how did you decide uh, to actually uh, dig deeper uh, in that uh, area and carry on uh, um, thinking, well, how did you, you actually found out it's going to be so big in the future? Cool. So I think uh, I was lucky in the right place, right time, as they say. So um, as I mentioned, uh, when um, I stumbled upon it, when I was at this billing company and around that time, they had plans to uh, grow their CRM implementation. So rather than integrating the CRM with an external system, build those functionalities right on top of Salesforce. And the second thing that fell in place was force.com was announced or launched. So Salesforce uh, upgraded from being just a CRM platform, uh, CRM to becoming a proper platform, uh, platform as a service. So it gave us the, it gave me an opportunity to use the skills that I had learned to build something at that company. Uh, and when I started building uh, these applications at uh, uh, that company using Salesforce, uh, I discovered how how powerful the, uh, uh, the process was to uh, take it to go from design to implementation. And that uh, piqued my interest. Um, I decided to learn more about Salesforce. Um, and then I realized that this could, this is going to be big. You know, I also found out about a bit more about the founders, uh, Mark Benioff uh, and, um, you know, I knew that he is very ambitious and he wants to take this company. This company is going to grow 10 times than, than what it is back in 2008, 2009. Um, and that's the reason I stuck with it. I decided to do some certifications um, to learn a bit more uh, about the platform uh, in, in properly. So I, I took some certs and based off of that, I got a job opportunity to do this full-time rather than doing just Java half the time and Salesforce. Um, and then uh, immediately after that, and this is something we'll talk about a little bit, is I started, um, I'm, I'm always interested in networking and finding uh, other people or developers who are doing similar things. And I realized that we didn't have a developer user group. So me and some of the guys at work at the new, uh, at the new company, which was Telegraph Media Group, decided to start a, a user group in London. And that was the first ever developer user group in London. Uh, the first meetup was in a pub, which is five or six of us. <laughs> nice, <laughs> like pint, it. Around, <laughs> around a pint of beer, uh, talking, talking shop, you know, uh, just geeking on, uh, on Salesforce. Uh, and that, after nine or 10 years, grew to uh, 2,500 members in London. Oh, wow. So it was the third largest user group uh, in the world. Huge. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, that's my journey. Cool. Well, um, there's another thing I'm curious to know more about. Um, why insurance uh, of all industries? Uh, how did you start special uh, industry? And uh, you know, how, how did you know it's going to be so hot? Um, why not, right? And, and that's, that's a very good question. <laughs> so uh, for, for, for many people, the, the word insurance brings, uh, brings to mind one of two possibilities, you know, painfully boring office worker or, or a slick, fast-talking manipulator selling policies no one needs. 
but these, yeah, I, I think these these caricatures or or stereotypes uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, mm. uh, insurance uh, folks working in insurance are, are now part of an increasingly innovative and dynamic field uh, that attracts people from all walks of life. Um, you know, insurance today is is a social service. It's an it's an essential, diverse industry that affects everyone in the country. Um, um, insurance allows businesses to take risks without, you know, you, you can't have a building or run a business without insuring it, without having that safety net to know that if something bad happens, you, you can fall back on something. So from businesses that need liability coverage to individuals who, who, who simply want health insurance, there are few people who, who don't have insurance coverage of one type or another, at least in the, in this, in the Western world. Uh, and also, unlike banks uh, or investment banking, uh, insurance technology-wise is lagging. So when it comes to technology adop adoption, adoption, sorry, uh, it, it's still lagging. You know, there are so many actors or intermediaries in the insurance chain uh, with different level of technology that they're still sending data to each other in Excel files. So, uh, so the, the fun is solving this challenge of dragging the insurance industry, kicking and screaming to the 21st century. Uh, I mean, not just apply and not just applying a, a digital lipstick uh, on top of a legacy pig, but to do a proper end-to-end -end digital transformation. And that's the reason I'm, I'm very, very much interested and passionate about this domain. And there are so many um, interesting problems that the that the cloud and especially uh, Celsius and Velocity can solve. Oh, oh, now it's called Celsius Industries that can solve. Celsius Industries, remember it. Remember it. One of the biggest acquisitions <laughs> of last year. Indeed. Sounds like a lot of people are passionate in the background as well. I love it. I love it. It keeps it real. It keeps it natural. No, it's good. Exactly. exactly. I love it. Yeah. I like yeah. it. It's no, real it's, life. Yeah. No, but it's uh, really interesting to hear your passion for obviously uh, industry. Like you said, it just has so many stereotypes around surrounding it. But I think with Mao and, and, and me, we're, we're big on specialisms, especially in insurance, telco. So, Mal, I know you've got some pressing questions for Anouk. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, so I'll, I won't forget the first call I've actually had with Anoop. It was with Hemi too when we first got introduced. This is like months back, I think, when we were just starting to talk about looking at maybe Velocity at the time, uh, an option for you. But I remember even aside from Salesforce, you told us about a few things that you were doing uh, on the side to even just get ahead on like the pure insurance side. You know what I mean? Which is something yeah. that like we definitely push a lot with the candidates we work with, but I think not all of them see really the benefits of doing that. They almost want to stay in their own lane or they want to keep things open because they never know where they want to go. Like this is a conversation we have about a lot of candidates who are maybe up and coming, we'll say, and they're still kind of choosing their path. Right. But with everything that's gone on with the pandemic now, I think people are starting to realize like the industry that you choose can be detrimental to like your ability to find work in times of absolute crisis, which can really happen at any point right so even when you look at what how clients were hiring during this period because they're so careful more so now than ever as to how they spend their money they will accept nothing but someone who's exactly specialized in exactly what they want right yeah. so this is the discussion we've started to have with candidates so for me what i'm curious about is is look if you if you go back to the beginning and you think about where you could have taken your career as one of the pioneers in a new technology you literally probably could have went anywhere at one point how different do you think your career could have gone if maybe you didn't take this specialized route where do you think you could have been okay. now 
Okay, um, so I'd like to start by saying that there is nothing wrong in being a generalist in your career, right? So there is a success, success path uh, that way as well. Now, my personal philosophy uh, is to be a generalist in knowledge, but be a specialist in at least one or two skills. And I, I differentiate between the two. So uh, I, in fact, I encourage that you should be indiscriminate in terms of the knowledge that you acquire. You know, I, I read about a number of different things, uh, fiction, nonfiction, uh, not just about technology. I, I read a lot about uh, biology, sociology, psychology as well. So when it comes to knowledge, I'm, I'm very much a generalist. Now that, that's useful because you need to have uh, ideas from this different uh, domains uh, to to that will then have an, a, a good impact to come up with ideas in your specialist skill. Uh, but, I, but I also encourage then to be specialist in one or two areas of your skill or domain. Uh, so being a specialist for me is to have deep expertise in one domain um, or in one or more technology. So I'm trying to build uh, deep insurance uh, and insure tech expertise and then marry that with my cloud expertise. So this, this combination gives me an advantage over someone who is only an expert uh, on Salesforce, for example, right? 100%. Uh, it's, also better, um, it's also better for the customer or the business because you immediately gain credibility uh, if you can speak their language from day one. That's, that's what I feel. Now, and so I, I started my career as a consultant. Uh, as a uh, developer consultant, where I worked with consultancies, uh, and they, you know, uh, where I did a number of work, in, where I did work in a number of different industries like media, banking, retail, and insurance was one of them. So my advice is to start with a broad experience, unless you you know when you're starting out where your interests lie, right? Like there are, there are individuals out there who know from day one that they want to do X. I was not that person. You know, when I started, I was still trying to find my feet. I was still trying to understand. Uh, uh, I knew that I liked technology, but, you know, I, I also knew that I was not one of the best coders in the world. So uh, I was somewhere in that spectrum in the middle, but I wanted to, to find out where my passions were. So you will find out soon which problems interest and excite you. Mm. You know, what makes you get out of bed, um, eager to tackle the challenges thrown at you at work. So, um, and I also, I like to think myself as a contrarian. So it was inevitable to find an industry that everybody else found uh, quote unquote boring. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can appreciate that. I think coming from the beginning to what you said, like being a master in one place, but not being blind mm -hmm. to everything else that like in some way, shape or form could have some impact on what you do. And whether you're reading about something in your space, or you're reading about something that's completely irrelevant. You could yeah. be speaking to a stakeholder at some point who's really up into one of those parts that you just read on the side as an example. You know what I mean? And there can be connections there that can help you do your job even better than maybe you would have before, right? Because you Absolutely. can some of those connections. Yeah. So I think when people people talk about a specialism in a negative way, when they specialize in both the knowledge and the skill. So mm. they're skilled in a particular technology platform and also they don't bother learning about anything outside of that, right? But it, I feel, um, and in fact, there is a, there is a good book, uh, but it's about uh, being a generalist is better than specialist. But the thesis of that book is a lot of the, um, uh, people, a lot of the phys um, uh, a lot of the Nobel Prize winners uh, actually had var varied interests. They they were specialists in one area, but they were indiscriminate in in, in you know absorbing knowledge. Mm. In fact, they they were skill uh, they 
they would just read everything and anything. So they would, they were voracious readers, uh, not just focused on their domain, but they were good at one thing. And obviously they specialized in it and they, they, they won a Nobel Prize. But the one common thread amongst all Nobel Prize winners was that, uh, that they were generalist in their knowledge, but specialist in their skills. Mm, yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense too. And, and also like when you're looking at industry as well, they're always going to change. I mean, I, I doubt anybody would specialize in an area that's based on maybe like print at a time like this as an example <laughs> you, you know, know what i mean like <laughs> that point maybe it's time to to make a switch but but if you're in insurance at the moment and insurance continues to adapt like the way like the what you would actually work on day to day 20 years ago is obviously not what you would learn now no. but because you're at the forefront yeah. of an industry you will be the first person to jump on what's next and continue to adapt and evolve assuming you have that open perspective to continuously learn you see what's coming in from all angles so that's super interesting uh the other thing that I wanted to ask you too is because this isn't, we get this with a lot of candidates as well. Like we talk to people who've been in telco or insurance or whatever for like 16 some odd years and like, oh, you know, I've been here for so long and I like it, but I have these opportunities that are coming at me from a completely different space that like looks pretty cool at the time, but could take away, you know, if I stay there, everything that I've done and that compounded interest of, of what I'm able to earn at the moment or the challenges that I can attack at the moment because I am the guy or the girl in this space. Have you ever been tempted like that? Maybe throughout when you started to get into insurance, like, oh man, like, should I jump into this technology? Should I jump into that insurance? And then maybe said, forget it. Like, I'm going to stick where I am and keep going. Not yet, uh, but yeah. never say never, right? <laughs> so again, yeah, I think, again, it goes back to if I lose that passion for uh, or if I'm not excited uh, enough to solve the problems in that domain, then uh, it's it's a good time to reevaluate. Um, I would never say that you know you just stick with one domain and that's it. You just kind of do insurance until you die. That that would be very bad advice. Uh, obviously, <laughs> a little bit <laughs> I mean, depressing as well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but the key thing is what um, the child because. This, this is not an easy job. Uh, it requires a lot of time um, and energy. Uh, sometimes, you know, you work on weekends. And if you're not happy doing what you're doing, and that applies to both technology and domain, then it's time to switch or find something that you really enjoy. And if you're able to do that, um, you know, it's very few people are lucky enough to be able to change their careers completely. You know, they, someone goes from being a programmer to becoming a, a, a movie director, for example, as an extreme example. Very few people are lucky enough to do that. But at the same time, if you think that you would be um, happy or you would grow, because the key thing is growth. If you think that you would continue to grow somewhere else uh, in your skills or, you know, or whatever it is, uh, then yeah, sure, go for it. I mean, in the past, when I was uh, indiscriminate in my choice of industry, um, early in my career, I was maybe chasing more responsibilities uh, and, to be honest, more money. Uh, I was climbing. I was no, I was no. climbing fast, but yeah, I was climbing fast, but uh, I never asked if I was climbing the right wall. Right. So I, I wish I could go back in time and tell my younger self to focus more on the why of everything. So every now and then it's useful to just say, why am I doing this? Uh, is this um, is this helping me grow um, as a person and, and also professionally? 
I like that because I think that's what also makes it a tough choice. When I, I, I'll be honest, I do make it seem easy when I talk to a lot of people on the phone to just choose <laughs> this or that because it makes sense. Like you will make money in insurance, right? You will have a nice career mm-hmm. on paper in insurance or telco or you know energy, any of these yeah. industries that like if they go away, like humanity could be in big trouble essentially, right? Like these are good places to put your eggs if you don't maybe know where you want to. But I think maybe just doing a bit of self-discovery, self-exploration on like, where would I really be happy? The rest of it will just come, right? I mean, if you see it as something that's exciting for you, it's likely something that some company is spending money on. And if you're focused enough on it, I mean, you should be able to make it, right? So thank you for that, actually. (laughs) Super interesting for me. You're welcome. I I just want to know a bit more about, you know, you were saying about how you were climbing on the ladder fast fast and you weren't really thinking about, you know, why am I doing this? When when was that in your career, do you reckon? Just be interesting to know. I think it was... It was was maybe a few years into when I was doing Salesforce Mm. because there was so much demand uh, and very little supply. It was very easy to get Salesforce jobs um, and it was very easy to switch jobs as well. You know, it could just go from here to there. Um, And I I did contracting and it was good. I, I, you know, uh, I learned a lot. But at the same time, it was stressful for me because I was constantly switching contexts and not going deep into any particular expertise. So I would do a project for a media client here, a telco client there. And, you know, it was and some people enjoy that, which is which is fine. But for me, it was constantly relearning these domains was exhausting. And I was I felt that I, I was shallow in all of them rather than being a deep expert in one of them. Um, and then when I decided that I really like solving problems in insurance because insurance is so so wide and broad and uh, has so many um, low-hanging fruits, but also so many strategic things to solve, I decided to stick with that and say, okay, let's let's go um, let's go deep in this uh, one domain. Um, if in the future I stop enjoying this, you know, I still have as a fallback my technology skills and experience that I'm accumulating. So worst case scenario, I have to then again do what I'm doing right now, but let's take a risk and just stick with one domain and see where that goes. And that's the journey I'm on today. It's difficult with Salesforce, I think now as well, because it's so vast. It's very, I mean, a lot of candidates, a lot of candidates that me and Marito and Alice work with, they seem to fall in to specialisms. So it goes hand in hand with the technology. But I think now with Salesforce being so vast and you've got areas such as Newsoft, Obviously, Velocity CPQ, uh, Revenue Cloud. Uh, I mean, it's forever changing, right? Anoop, I was going to ask you something. I'm going off track a little bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you took me back to the time when uh, I, I remember ringing Anoop for the first time and he was like, I'm not interested because he was bombarded by 100 different recruiters. Probably still is. And he didn't need... <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> recruiters are watching this going, that's where he is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I can't enter my call anymore. Uh, do you regret going down the SI road in any way? Because a lot of candidates who speak to us, they're confused whether to go with the end client or to go with the SI. And as you know, some SIs, whether they're strategic, you know, SME, are very different. So on the SI path, was it something that you would look back on now and think, would I have done that? The short answer is no. But again, like I said, in, in, in my, when I was young, and uh, not so wise. 
uh, I was indiscriminate in my choice of roles that I wanted to to get right. I just wanted that growth, growth in the career without thinking of if I was doing the right thing. So specifically around SIs, uh, it depends on what you want to achieve. So this is where I'm, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, figure out the why, figure out uh, what your career plan uh, looks like, and then try to achieve that. And there are a number of different ways. There's nothing wrong with just going down the SI route and achieving that because they have a specific consultancy route uh, and that could be your end goal. Um, or if you want to uh, to be a thought leader in an industry, then the best way to do that is through a end client. Uh, I'm not saying you can't do that through SIs, but in SIs, it's more broad and probably uh, it will take more time for you to build that specific expertise. Whereas if you, uh, for example, if you want to be, the guy for uh, Bitcoin these days, that's hot, right? Blockchain and all that stuff. You won't get, you know, become that thought leader by going to an SI unless, you know, they, they have a big project that you're working on uh, or you might, but the easiest way would be to join a company that's deep into blockchain or uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies and all that stuff. And that way you'd have more expertise and more credibility as well. So there's, there's that question of credibility, especially in industries like insurance, they will see where you work, what experience you have uh, before taking you on. So, so that's, that's, that's the only reason. I would, I would say figure out why you want to do and what you want to do and what your long-term game plan is, uh, and then choose whether it's SI or end client. That's, cool. that's great advice. Man. Great advice. I think I think it will help a lot of people because it's a tough, very tough decision to make. Uh, and as you know, with SIs, with SIs, there's so much opportunity and, and they've grown so much. We've seen so many more SIs, not just in the UK, but across Europe. So uh, I know great advice. I hope people learn a little bit of that. Hemi, I know you've got uh, your your list of uh, questions that we want to pin on Anoop. So. Anoop, don't think. I know that's difficult to say, especially to you. Uh, but look, it's going to be very quick. I want you to answer with your utmost honesty. Uh, yep. and there may be a few curveballs in there. We want to get to know you, right? The people want to know who you are. <laughs> uh, so look, first question, uh, if you could go back to a younger Anoop with a few less gray hairs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't years. think that version existed. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Salesforce, right? Welcome to Insure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, look, uh, I think you answered it a little bit, but if you could go back in hindsight, it's obviously a great thing. Uh, mm. 10 years, you know, 15 years, would you have changed anything? I, I think the... <laughs> yeah, I think the, the main advice I would give my younger self is to is to write more and create more. So I wish I had spent more time uh, writing more blog posts or contributing more on Stack Exchange. I have done uh, things intermittently, but I think that uh, creating content is the best way to learn but also to grow your brand. But that's not the only reason you should do it. But you know, the, the main reason you should do it is to is to make yourself better in whatever thing things you're doing. So that's the advice I would give. Just write more, share more, and create more. Thank you, Mr. Age. No excuse. No excuse at all. And this is why yeah. we're here. So next question, very quick. Anoop Javad's yeah. favorite food. <laughs> Ah, uh, ch chicken biryani. Yes, he's sticking to nice. it. Nice. <laughs> uh, 
top three do's and don'ts for anyone who's either coming into the ecosystem or is currently in the, in the ecosystem and due to recent events has found themselves uh, in a little bit of maybe a hole and, you know, they need that motivation or guidance and, and to go on their roadmap? I would say in the, in the, in the do's, uh, find your niche initially. So Salesforce, as you said, uh, uh, hinted at earlier, Hemi is now very vast. So not, not a lot of people realize this, is, but Salesforce has had like more than 60 acquisition over the years. And a lot of these acquisitions are still not part of the core platform. So try and find your niche. Uh, at a minimum, obviously learn about the core platform, but from there you can branch out at least initially. Uh, you can do integration with MuleSoft or you can do marketing or uh, you can do Salesforce Industries even. Um, that's the first do, I would say. Second is going back to what I would have, I should have done is share what you learned. So sharing allows you to uh, put your thoughts in the structure. You know, you can learn better. Uh, also, it helps you uh, network better in the community as well, which leads me, leads me to my third point is network more if you want to grow in your career. And one of the best things I did was start that developer user group. Uh, I made so many friends as part of that uh, group, but you know, I got most of my jobs, not through uh, recruiters or recruitment channel, but uh, by people recommending me because they knew me through the user group. So try and network as much as you can. So that, that those are my top three tips for do's. Uh, don'ts. Uh, be honest. I, don't, <laughs> be honest. So, uh, I think that if, oh, I don't know if I should say this, but don't, don't, blindly, don't blindly chase certifications is my, uh, you know, number one bugbear is people just uh, hog certifications. It's like have a career plan and a reason for, 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 for each cert that you're taking, you know, make it, you, know, you should do a cert to maybe learn a bit more about something that you're working on. Um, that's that's kind of my view is uh, it's good to have certs i suppose but it's better to have uh, that experience uh, in that field that you have the certification in otherwise you have marketing cert but you've never worked on a marketing project that doesn't mean anything in my so view true. so true so so yeah that's that's what i would say in the don'ts and uh don't don't be afraid to ask for help uh, you know, if you're new to this community, it's a very friendly community, at least here in the UK. Reach out to people in your local user groups or ask a question online. You, know, you have so many avenues now. You have um, the Stack Overflow, Answers Community, even Twitter. I think people these days ask a lot of their questions on Twitter and there are others who can help help them out. So, yeah, I don't have a top three. I think I just talk two. <laughs> we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> you, you answered with honesty and that's all we wanted. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. And some really great advice, I think, on the, the sets as well. Um, I think that was really valuable advice. But no, I think we are we are done. We we, we have no more, was great. no more questions. Great. You're you're free to go. Thank <laughs> you. Coming back to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. No, no, he's no. calling me after. He's like, Hemi, what did you get me into, man? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Anoop works at Salesforce now, so he can get a, he can get you a trailblazer jumper. Come on, Anoop. Oh, come on. <laughs> so, so something out. <laughs> I, I can't actually now because <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, are, there are more rules for Salesforce employees than non-employees. Oh, I, I, was, I was able to, yeah. When I was an MVP, I got a lot of swag. Now I don't get anything. Now just <laughs> throw, throw more work at me. That's it. Oh, yeah. damn. I'll try next yeah. time. <laughs>